What is up, you guys, and welcome back to the Tea with Tina podcast. Today, I wanted to chat with you about a very interesting, intriguing, popular, very frequently asked for topic. How to get a flat stomach. I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it the real way. doesn't have to do any skinny teas. You don't have to buy any fancy products. No sweat wraps. None of that stuff, Okay. And tell you how to do the old-fashioned way. And without further ado, let's get started. Alright guys, so as I mentioned, today we will be talking about how to get a flat stomach. Notice that I didn't say six-pack. Because one, I don't have a six-pack. So why would I tell you how to get a six-pack if I don't have one? Not that that's always the case for fitness. Um, I have a very short torso, like extremely short with long legs. So um, I think that's a contributing factor as to why I can't get a six-pack. And I also do not desire to get to the point of leanness where I would have a visible six-pack. Some people genetically have very visible six-packs no matter what. I've met people that have had horrible diets and barely work out and they have visible six-packs. I've met people who are extremely skinny, um, don't work out at all, and never do anything with fitness and have a visible six-pack. I've seen this definitely more in males than females since males tend to have lower body fat percentages women due to us having the ability to make babies and just the way our hormones are we naturally store more fat in our abdomen and we just have a higher body fat percentage in general hello boobs hello butt so it's it's you're not going to see it as frequently but i definitely do see it sometimes um So yeah, that's why I'm talking about flat stomach, because I think most of us don't necessarily want a six-pack. We basically just want our stomach to look flat in clothes, maybe when we're naked. Um, You maybe want a couple definition lines in there, but I think most of us would be happy with a flat stomach, if I'm not mistaken. So if this is right up your alley, keep on listening. So obviously the two things that are going to help you get a flat stomach are my new skinny tea (laughs) detox no i'm just kidding (laughs) please don't exit out of this podcast um it's definitely not a skinny tea detox um i'm not trying to sell you anything but it's going to be diet and working out but listen it's about how intentional you are with it um so i'm gonna break that down a little bit so diet is definitely number one diet is king mainly because an improper diet will cause a lot of bloating causing you to hold on to water so the more whole natural foods that you eat things higher in fiber higher in protein you're gonna notice a decline in bloating um a decline in water retention and you'll get a flatter stomach Uh, I know it sounds like too easy, but really it's about, you know, trying to, I teach this to my nutrition clients, breaking down your meals one by one and seeing how you can make small improvements. Um, You know, if you're grabbing a bacon, egg and cheese bagel from Dunkin', maybe go with the wake up wrap. Okay. Once you get used to the wake up wrap, because it's a lot less calories, a lot less carbs, 
let's uh, go to maybe meal prepping our meals. Maybe grabbing some hard-boiled eggs or and some oatmeal with some fruit. Adding in a serving of veggies with every meal. Um, even myself personally... I say I fluctuate five pounds plus or minus and you know that I have PCOS so like last period cycle I didn't have my period for like a little over two months almost three months and that second half so it could be as long as a month or two I definitely hold on to that extra five pounds a lot of the time it's bloat unfortunately um my uterine lining gets very thick because my body keeps preparing for this period all the hormones are off so i get very bloated and it stinks because i feel quote unquote fat for that time period and then i get my period and i feel super lean again because my body flushes everything out um this process is actually pretty unhealthy like keeping that thick lining it does put me at risk for some things but let me tell you go back and listen to my podcast about my birth control experience and you will understand why i'm not on birth control i'm not a big fan of putting a band-aid on that problem so for me personally with pcos what i was getting at is i mean i just have to eat less carbs not completely cut them out but even more so more um unprocessed carbs is the word i'm looking for and for people with pcos if anybody's listening if you pair something that is really carby with a lot of protein it will help your body process it a hell of a lot better um insulin resistance which is something that i kind of knew that i had but i was unaware of how strong it really was insulin resistance sometimes will give me this uncontrollable hunger no matter what i eat no matter what i do i could keep eating i have the strongest cravings for sugar and it won't go away eating more sugar actually makes it worse um i have a pretty good control about it but it it does definitely put some context as to why some weeks i could literally just eat neat neat and there's only certain foods that trigger it which it's different actually for every person depending on your enzymes and how your body breaks down things for instance for me pasta pasta is a really big one that um i really don't like to eat it that much anymore because if i eat it i just get more hungry some people that's rice some people it's white potatoes some people it's sweet potatoes for me so far though it's definitely been pasta as the one that sticks out the most sometimes breads i like to eat bagels um as of right now i'm okay because i think i've been balancing my meals but if i ate just a bagel or something like that i think it would affect it Um, And I think some of these principles apply to people without PCOS. I just believe people with PCOS are a bit more sensitive. Um, That's why cutting out the processed carbs a lot of the time do help people in the long run greatly. But that doesn't mean you should take out rice or um, potatoes, things like that. Because these things keep you full. They uh, fuel you. And your body does need something like at least 100 grams i forget the exact number off the top of my head i want to say 100 to 130 grams of carbs a day for your brain and your body to properly function because this is your quick energy your glucose that's what your body breaks down first and that's why we kind of get into meal timing and stuff um eating those carbs before a workout because then they're readily available and your body is going to use those first okay because it's quick energy and then they'll burn it off that is also why i like to explain 
when you're eating those things, if you're very active, that eating a mixture of healthy and quote-unquote unhealthy food, like the junk food, with high fat, sugar, salt, whatever, isn't necessarily bad if you are very active. For instance, why does an athlete that pounds a burger and a milkshake and then goes and runs or plays a game, he's going to burn that all off. So why does he never get unhealthy versus maybe the man who sits on his butt all day, has a desk job and eats the same thing because your body stores it versus burning it off. Now, there's some other factors in there. Long run where it's like if you feed your body good stuff versus um, things with not as much nutrients because I don't want to label it as bad. Uh, you will definitely notice a difference in how you feel because you may be lacking nutrients, but I'm just saying that's why certain people can get away with that sometimes versus non-active people. Okay, (laughs) so that was just like my mini little, my mini lesson on the nutrition for you. But, you know, going back to, to diet and bloating, And kind of the point I was getting at is that recently, just because of being busy, I'm sure a lot of you are like this, if you're busy, kind not forget to eat, but I personally don't think about food as much, so I kind of just go into robot mode and I'll eat, um, and that's it. And I won't think about dessert, or I won't think about all these fancy foods. So recently, I told my husband I just want to eat healthier meals, because my PCOS, it helps manage it, so I want to make the effort to eat simple meals and they really have been they've been a protein a simple carb some veggies might spice it up with some seasonings or sauce and it's varied between what type of foods we use and whatnot and I've definitely noticed a difference I felt a lot leaner a lot less bloated and yes I have come off my period probably two two weeks ago or so which was a really bad one I had to take off work and take like a whole weekend off and basically sit around and do nothing I actually thought I had COVID but I didn't it was just hormones (laughs) like making me completely exhausted so I've been doing that and I've noticed a big difference and I've always noticed that regardless that if you you make the effort to consistently eat more of those simpler whole foods versus going for the processed stuff. I haven't really been eating dessert. Um, not saying the desserts are bad. It, it just, you won't look super lean per se. For me, at least. I For my goals, I'm fine if I fluctuate that plus or minus five pounds. But if I really want to look good, lean, defined, um, look my best, making those little changes is what's going to do it. So that's something to consider too. When you want the extra definition, when you want to look like those those fitness models that you see, they go the extra mile. It's not necessarily a lifestyle change at that point. You're going more for aesthetics, so they take it to the extreme. Um, this is when they have to say no to things that they enjoy. Um, no to social gatherings. They really cut out processed food, restaurant visits, all that stuff. Their quality of life, they may not associate food with fun so much anymore and they may just look at it as a source of fuel. And that's something that I challenge you to ask yourself if you are willing to do that. Like I said, there are people out there that have good genetics and there's also people out there that kind of unintentionally do this because a lot of people that I talk to who are leaner, they'll just be like, oh, I forget to eat. 
throughout the day and I'm only eating one meal. So they're unintentionally putting themselves in a calorie deficit and their body may just react by being really lean <laughs> uh, in the most simplest terms possible. But I, I want to challenge to ask you, are, you know, if you want a flat stomach, I think a flat stomach is possible um, with basic lifestyle changes, making your diet better, moving more, drinking more water, the simple changes, adding in vegetables, things like that. Over time, it will get better. But you know, if you want the definition, if you want the six pack, that's when you're really going to have to push. Like I'm talking not just chicken, broccoli, rice, you know, but that you're eating the chicken, broccoli, rice every meal. You're not eating desserts. You're being perfect probably 95 to 99% of the time. Okay. And you're working out really hard. That's how you're going to get that six pack. So if you want to put in the effort and you want to do it just to see what it would be like, by all means, go for it. Um, but just know that you will have to put in a lot of work to be able to see those visible abs. Okay, that, that, that's just what it takes. Now, aside from the diet aspect of things, I wanted to get into more of the working out. Because um, there's kind of this dispute of like, how often should you train abs? Should you train them every day with a little circuit? Should you dedicate a full day to them? Here's my opinion. I think there's a combination of three things. One, when you do strength training, okay, maybe you're just starting out and you went on the machines and you're trying to get the movements for things, but once you go into free weight training and you grab a barbell and we're squatting, we're deadlifting, we're benching, we're rowing, um, we're doing stuff on the cables, you are always bracing your core if you're doing it properly. So you have to hold your core in nice and tight and you'll notice that the stronger your abs get, the easier those moves get. So for instance, when you do a barbell bicep curl, you have to hold your core in nice and tight. Brace it like someone's going to throw a ball right at your stomach. And you're trying to stop it. Um, the weaker your core, you'll probably notice it's harder for you to not swing that barbell. But when your abs get stronger and you get stronger overall, you won't swing doing that barbell bicep curl even if the weight's a little bit heavier because your core keeps you nice and still so doing any movement free weight wise you're always really bracing your core. So you're gonna get core work that way i think that's naturally the best way for overall strength and it creates a good base doing little ab circuits here and there you know maybe three to five different moves three or four rounds like at the end of your workout or maybe you throw some ab moves into your workout in general those are going to help pull the definition um those are going to sculpt the abs they will like i said make the lines pop but the third thing is going to be cardio cardio with an exception to diet of course i would i would group diet in this but we're just talking about working out cardio is what sheds the fat so you can see the abs. I always tell people, everybody has abs. They're there. The muscles are there. You just have to shed the fat to see them. And some people's layer of fat is a bit thicker than others. And I mean, even if you look up photos, just going a little bit deeper, of like inflammation for people and bloating, that looks like fat, but it's not. I mean, I've seen so many people that were inflamed due to stress and 
just improper eating and certain medical conditions that they have and they that's what they they look bloated they don't necessarily look fat they look inflamed they look puffy um so that's something too so if you're working your butt off and you feel like you should be making progress there could be a little bit of a deeper issue and trust me in today's world in a pandemic with the shitty foods that we have available to us that are quick and easy to eat all of the stress that we put on ourselves for working and just things in general i wouldn't doubt that you have a little bit of inflammation um so that's just something to keep in mind too but with the cardio i think trying to get your steps in is probably the best thing trying to shoot for like seven to ten thousand steps a day depending on how many how active you are at least that's a good goal if you're very inactive like sitting at your desk all day i would start with like five or six thousand steps and try to work your way up to like seven to nine thousand that's going to keep your metabolism up keep you moving so that's important um but aside from like that walking and that steady state cardio to really get the fat off, I recommend HIT, HIT training. It doesn't have to be traditional cardio. You could do body weight circuit training. Like I personally have been teaching Tabata classes for about 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. It's um, 20 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest for four minute songs. And I love it. It's all body weight. Sometimes we do ab work. Sometimes we do upper body, lower body. Sometimes we add in weights, but it's mainly cardio. But it's nice because you get a little bit of toning in there. And I think it really makes a difference with getting that fat to come off. Because I do wear a heart rate monitor. And when you do that HIIT training, that short burst of high intensity exercise followed by um, a little bit longer period of moderate, this is going to burn calories beyond your workout. If you're just walking, you know, your heart rate will go back down pretty quickly. But... Sometimes an hour, a couple hours after my workout, I notice that simple things that would not make my heart rate shoot up, my heart rate shoots up. That's why I personally also like to do cardio before my lifts. Not everybody's like this, but I like to do it before my lifts. It doesn't really burn me out to the point where I can't lift. I actually like getting sweaty before I lift because it makes me feel like I'm working. Um, It makes me burn more calories when I'm lifting because my heart rate's already elevated for my cardio. So as far as hit goes, I would say start with like two times per week and you could probably bump it up to about three. If you're truly doing hit, like really going all out, you probably shouldn't do it more than three just because it is so intense. But I think a combination of, like I said, making those small adjustments to your diet and everyone's going to be different. Everyone has different things that they need to work on yours might be really sugary coffee or eating sweets at the end of the night late night snacking going for the bag of chips it could be bigger portions you might just be eating too much of the wrong things you know more protein less of the carbs kind of thing so everybody has their own thing that they need to work on with diet so first and foremost knock those things out Get in some strength training, lift heavy so it challenges you, embrace your core. Throw in some little ab circuits and moves in there as you desire. Honestly, you can train abs every day. It is the fastest healing muscle, so you can do it however you want. And add in some hit. Add in some interval training. Get your heart rate up. Challenge yourself. A lot of um, 
even like those at-home style workouts or workout videos that are body weight, those are great options for cardio. Um, they're, they're great if you're stuck at home too, but if you want like that cardio high intensity interval training, that would be the route to go. And that, that is how you would get a flat stomach with, and a little bit of patience in there too. But if, if you are consistent with that, you will notice that your stomach gets flatter, you show definition more, and you are more balanced. It's funny because as we are speaking, um, I'm getting lower abdomen cramping and it's fun because with PCOS, I've noticed that during my ovulation phase, I get really bad cramping. Um, that's just something that I have noticed and I get bloated during that, you know, I just can't, can't get away from the bloating, you know, so... (laughs) That's that, but I just thought I would share. You're, you're not alone if you struggle with bloating and things like that. Um, I think especially as a female, there's so much pressure to look a certain way. Um, but not all of us, not all of us can. I definitely struggle a lot with the the bloating and inflammation sometimes, unless I'm really, really zeroed in on my diet. And honestly, being that zeroed in on my diet is going to stress me out more and do more harm than help than honestly enjoying the foods that I want. So, you know, we're a work in progress. And that is kind of my thoughts on the flat stomach. I wanted to keep it short and sweet for you guys and simple. So I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. And until next time, we will talk to you later. See you guys.